Thank you very much, Ruth Ann and Anita, for ministering in music. Let's pray together. Father, we are, again, grateful for the country in which we live, not only as citizens of this country, but also citizens in the heavenly country. May we live well for your glory, and as we interact with your word, and think about living well as a body of Christ. We want you to be magnified and glorified through us. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. We're in a series dealing with core basics for a healthy local church. I've used the tripod illustration, a tripod having three legs, and on the top, you can have a transit, you can have a camera, whatever you please, but we will say on the top, we have a healthy local church. And if a local church is going to be healthy, we need shepherding. We also need body life and a commitment to corporate worship. Several weeks ago, we discussed shepherding. This morning, we want to discuss body life. And Lord willing, next week we'll discuss corporate worship. And as we think about the body of Christ, keep in mind and remember that Christ alone means a sinner comes into a relationship with God, Christ, and the body of Christ through repentance of sin and faith in Christ. Reconciliation, regeneration, salvation brings us into a relationship with God, with Christ, And the body of Christ. Therefore, walking with and knowing Christ is demonstrated, lived through relating to a local church. Obviously, Christ alone involves both the person of Christ and the body of Christ. They are a unit. We love, we yield to Christ by experiencing his body locally. And as I've emphasized along the way, we have Christ. We have the body of Christ, local fellowship. Our response to the local body is our response to Christ. With those thoughts in mind, as we think about body life, I want to read from a book entitled Fearfully and Wonderfully Made by Paul Brandt and Phil Yancey. And I quote, In exchange for its self-sacrifice, the individual cell can share in what I call the ecstasy of community. No scientist can yet measure how a sense of security or pleasure is communicated to the cells of the body. But individual cells certainly participate in our emotional reactions. Hormones and enzymes bathe them bringing on a quick, quickened breathing, a trembling of muscles, a flapping in the stomach. If you look for a pleasure nerve in the human body, you will come away disappointed. There is none. There are nerves for pain, cold, heat, and touch, but no nerve gives a sensation of pleasure. Pleasure appears as a byproduct of cooperation by many cells. 
He goes on, I greatly enjoy another human pleasure, listening to a symphony orchestra. When I do, the chief source of what I interpret as pleasure is located inside my ear. There I can detect sound frequencies that flutter my eardrums as faintly as one billionth of a centimeter, a distance of one-tenth of the diameter of a hydrogen atom. This vibration is transmitted into my inner ear by three bones, primarily known as the hammer, anvil, and stirrup. When the frequency of, of the middle C is struck on a piano, the piston of bones in my inner ear vibrate 256 times a second. Brother, in, a, <clears throat> brother, in our individual cilia, comparable to the rods and cones of the eye that transmit specific messages to the sound of the, to the brain. My brain combine, combines these messages with other factors. How well I like classic music. How familiar I am with the piece being played. The state of my digestion. The friends I'm with. And offers a combination of impulses in which I perceive as pleasure. The body of Christ is compared to the physical body. And within the physical body, the body works together in harmony for God's glory. And when you think about the physical body, you think about the body of Christ. There are parallels. So we want to look at at least one scripture this morning in relation to what we call body life or the one another's of scripture. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. As you think about the epistles overall, there's a lot being said about body life, the body of Christ, the way the body of Christ is to relate to one another, care for one another. Romans 12 through 15 has a lot to say. 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And as we read together in Ephesians chapter 4, keep in mind the book of Ephesians in chapters 1, 2, and 3 deals with being in Christ. In chapters 4 through 6, it talks about relating to the body of Christ. 1 through 3, relating to the head, Christ. 4 through 6, relating the one another's to other believers in Christ. Obviously, Living out Ephesians 4 through 6 is dependent upon being related to Christ through repentance of sin and faith in Christ. He ends chapter 3 with the power that is at work in believers, a power beyond what we can ask or imagine. And then he begins chapter 4 with, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And then he goes on to describe that there's one body, one hope, one faith, and so on. And he discusses various gifts in verses 7 through 13, the value of those gifts. Then in verses 17 through 24, he discusses the fact that you're not to live the way you used to live. No, in darkness, being separated from God. But rather, as he wraps up in verse 23, I'm sorry, 24, 
put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Then in verse 25, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Focusing for a few minutes upon the passage here, again, a body of Christ relating to one another. He's writing to the church in Ephesus, instructing them as a body how they're to live and respond to one another. It's interesting in verse 25, he says, put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. Now think about the physical body. When communication breaks down within the physical body, you run into problems. If you hurt your hand and the cell's nervous system does not communicate to the brain, you have a problem. That's one of the issues with leprosy. Leprosy is a disease where the hand, as an example, can be gnawed on by rats in another country. Happened in India frequently. But leprosy nerves the pain cells, the nerve cells, and there's no transmission of that pain to the brain. And that's why leprosy patients will have their hands begin, they'll do things they shouldn't, but they don't know it's something they shouldn't be doing. So there's a transmission within the body. And here he says, put off falsehood. Because when there's a falsehood, it's not communicating to other believers that which is accurate and correct. And that creates a barrier. For we're all members of one body. Now think about life and the one another's. You're excited because of something great happening in your life. And someone says to you, how are you doing today? Okay. May I say liar? Why don't you say, I'm doing great. This just happened. That's being truthful. Or someone says to you, how's your job going? You say, my job is going great. I got a promotion. Getting along good with my boss. Getting along good with fellow employees. Speaking truthful. 
as a pattern of life. And then he says in verse 26, in your anger do not sin. Do you ever think about anger as not being sin? In your anger do not sin. There's a lot in life we would not do if we didn't get angry. How you handle the anger is the key issue. He goes on, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. So we get angry, we can blow up, we can withdraw, or we can just kind of boil, or we can try to resolve a situation in a godly way. But don't sin. Don't go to bed without resolving your anger. Because that seems to give the devil a foothold. And he deals with the stealing. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but work so he can give to someone that has need. The put off, the put on. We put off falsehood, we put on truthfulness. We put off incorrect use of anger, put on correct use of anger, resolving the situation. We put off stealing and put on work. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. By the way, the Greek is do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't let any cutting, unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Because what does that do? It cuts, it hurts. But rather, what is helpful for building others up? Our words are to build up other people. According to what? their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We stop, we think, we ponder sometimes, what can I say that will benefit this person according to their need? Now that's the body relating to one another. We'll give some examples a little later. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And the grieving of the Holy Spirit is in the context of words. So the Spirit of God seals Chip and Vera and Earl and Donna and Ruth Ann and Debbie. Seals believers, comes to live within us, a deposit guaranteeing what is to come in the future. Living in, in belie- living in each believer. When we use words that hurt another believer, what are we doing? We're grieving the Spirit of God because the Spirit that lives in you lives in the believer that you hurt with your words, and the Spirit of God in the process is grieved. It's kind of like... <clears throat> You're taking a hammer with your, putting it in your hand and starting to beat your leg. 
one believer beating on another verbally, grieving the Spirit of God. The one another's. He goes on in verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I'm of the conviction that word order in Scripture many times is important. And he says, get rid of bitterness. Bitterness is saying, I don't like what happened in my life. This is not good. And bitterness comes in pretty quick sometimes. And if it lingers, what happens? It results in rage and anger, brawling and slander and malice. So if you meet a person who is using malice that's just shredding other people to pieces, you know there's bitterness. Someone using anger incorrectly, you know there's some bitterness. And think about how bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander and malice hurts people, hurts the body of Christ. A few years back, I was talking to someone that attended a church in our area, and I said, how are things going? And he said, not so very good. He said, we had a church meeting the other night, and uh, one person got up and yelled and screamed, and then another person got up and yelled and screamed. It was bad. That influences our community to this day. Not only that church influenced the body of Christ beyond their local church. Get rid of bitterness, and he says in its place, put on, be kind. What is this other person need? Compassionate. Walk them out in their shoes. An example of compassion, I say this to my shame. When Danny came along, I ended up in the wrong waiting room. I was in the GYN waiting room rather than the expectant father's waiting room. And this is before, you know, fathers were often in with giving birth. And I finally went up to the uh, nurse and I said, could you tell me where my wife is? And she said, well, you're in the wrong place. And in the process, Danny had been born and I walked into Ruth Ann and I said, would you have your baby? (laughs) It wasn't a very good thing to say. (laughs) I wasn't very compassionate. I'll admit that. That hurt her. I think she forgave me, but she'll bring it up sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, in a lighthearted way, but compassionate. And then he goes on forgiving. You ever stop to think that life involves getting hurt? Why do we think we can live without being hurt? We're living with people who are just like us, still having a fallen, sinful nature. So what do we do? We, by nature, hurt. So that means we're going to get hurt. And he says, forgive. Just as Christ for God, just as Christ, or as in Christ, God forgave you. The one another's forgiveness. So you go to God and say, God, I want you to pull out my list of sins. And God says, I can't because I don't keep a record of them. 
Are we willing to forgive one another in that way? That's body life. If you're married, you've been hurt at least once by your mate. If your parents, you've been hurt by your kids. If your kids, you've been hurt by your parents somewhere along the line. If you work any place, you've probably been hurt on the job. Within the body of Christ, we hurt one another at times. And he says, kind, compassionate, forgiving each other. And then he goes on in chapter 5, be imitators of God and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Live a life of love, a life of giving, ministering, reaching out to others. And he says, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Christ died in our place. Now he says, I want you to love others in the same way. A tall order. So as we think about Ephesians 4, we could turn to Colossians 3 or 1 Peter 3 and 4, another related passage is that deal with body life, the one another's, being humble toward one another, accepting one another, gentleness towards one another, restoring one another, kindness, encouraging, submitting, forgiving, bearing with, confessing sin, speaking the truth, praying for, speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another, encouraging one another, Bearing with one another, displaying compassion, carrying one another's burdens for one another's. Give a couple examples. Within the last few years within our church, we've had a number of deaths. Opportunity to display the one another's. Someone provides some food, someone cries with another person, someone drops a note. Someone's involved in a funeral service, helping practical ways after a loved one is gone is just, here's what you need to do and here's how you handle it. The one another's. How about a parent who's struggling with a child who is not responsive to God or real responsive to them? Need someone to cry with them. Someone just to offer a listening ear. Someone to pray with them. Maybe someone to give them counsel. The one another's. We have an employer who is struggling with an, I'm sorry, an employee who is struggling with an employer. And the employee ends up talking to you and they bemoan their situation. And as you listen with grace and love, you realize that the employee to whom you're talking has some issues with the employer. You sense some bitterness and anger and frustration. And in love, you rebuke the person and say, I sense these things in you. You need to shift the attitude of your heart. I'll pray for you. So that's one another's in day by day living I'm sure we've all run across people who have drifted from God. They drifted from the local church. They drifted from maybe family members, 
And what do they need? They need someone to lovingly confront them. No, you walk from God. You're drifting. I love you. I care for you. I'm not going to let you go. They need someone to restore, to help them come back on the path of walking with God, relating to other believers. They need someone to bear with them as they struggle in trying to get back on track. How about an anger and angry and bitter person? And their anger and bitterness has been built for building for some time. They need someone to speak the truth to them. You're angry in the wrong way. And you're hurting many people. Speaking the truth, rebuking. Here's what you need to put off. Here's your thinking that is messed up. Here's the thinking you need to put on. Here's who you need to go and seek forgiveness of. And then just keeping an arm around them as they work through that process and encouraging them. The body of Christ, we need body life. We need one another, caring for, ministering to one another. As we think about the body of Christ, we do that in the local church but also modeling that in marriage and then in the family. Accepting gentleness, humility, restoring kindness, and so on. As we live out the one another's. A couple observations. Much body life will be behind the scenes. Just caring for one another will often take place behind the scenes and day-by-day living in various ways. We can't control body life, nor should we try to. It can't all be structured or planned. A lot of it just happens because we care for one another. Body life is hard to experience in larger groups. It tends to take place better in smaller settings. Body life will be on the level of need. Example, forgiveness. I mentioned before someone in a church meeting standing up and expressing themselves in incorrect ways. Now, if they're to be forgiven, then they should stand up in a similar setting with hopefully most of those people present and say, I was wrong. I used cutting words. I hurt people. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And then the body, forgiving, taking place on that level. Without going into any detail, you may recall we had a situation here many years ago where I was publicly challenged, and I responded with, I'll check it out. And I found that I'd made a mistake. And that was addressed in front of the whole church. I had to stand before the church as a whole and say, here's what happened, here's what I did, will you forgive me? And the church graciously granted it. If a husband and wife are in in an argument with one another, they don't need to call the whole world and say, we blew it, will you forgive me? You go to the husband, you go to the wife, you seek forgiveness. Encouragement. A church may be going through a hard time. As we've had some pastors in the last couple of years come and pray with us, 
What are they doing? Coming alongside as a body of Christ to encourage the whole body. An individual is carrying a burden. Someone comes alongside and said, I'll help you carry that. Maybe two or three, depends on the nature of the burden. A spirit of humility and gentleness promotes body life. I need other people. I can't make it on my own. Some structure may be essential, but really not a lot. What would happen in our physical bodies if things just didn't happen? So you're walking and you step on something sharp and you just keep going and a couple of seconds later the brain finally says, oh, something happened to the foot. I guess I should respond to the foot. It doesn't work that way. It happens instantaneous. There have been times when I've been jogging and I usually try to stay off the blacktop. It might hit a little, no, it's not quite level, and my foot goes a little bit to the side and instantaneously my other foot is there and I will lift the one. It just happens. Don't even think about it. That's basically how body life, God designed us. The Holy Spirit, we care for, we minister to one another So the thought goes through your mind, I think I need to call so-and-so or drop them a note. Do it. That's the Spirit of God working. You come into church this morning and you observe someone and they really look happy. You think, I need to go ask them, why are they so happy? You say, what's going on in your life? You seem to really be enjoying life. Tell me about it. You notice someone, they just seem kind of down and sad and Say, is something wrong in your life? Would you mind telling me? See, that's the Spirit of God at work. Just as the nervous system in our body works, the Spirit of God is at work in the body of Christ as we seek to live out the one another's. Paul Brant and Phil Yancey in their book, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, say, and I quote, God requires only one thing of his cells, that each person be loyal to the head. If each cell accepts the needs of the whole body as a purpose of his, its life, then the body will be healthy. It is a brilliant stroke, the only pure equality I observe in all of society. He has endowed every person in the body with the same capacity to respond to him. In Christ's body, a teacher of three-year-olds has the same value as a bishop. And that teacher's work may be just as significant. A widow's dollar can equal a millionaire's annuity. Shyness, beauty, eloquence, race, sophistication, none of these matter. Only loyalty to the head and through the head to each other. End of quote. we think about the body of Christ, we all need body life. Whichever form it may take at any given time. A sensitivity to Christ our head 
who guides us in responding to others. There was a point in time in the last few months I saw a vehicle pull up outside my study and someone came to the door and said, Pastor, I just stopped in to pray with you. I said, why'd you stop in to pray with me? God told me to. The person prayed with me and I thanked them. What did I need then? Prayer. Another person being sensitive to the Spirit of God. How many times have you written a note to someone and they got the note on the day that they needed, or you sent an email, or you gave a call, a sensitivity to the head, ministering to others, because we need body life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the body of Christ. You've given us your spirit to live within us. Christ is our head. You've given us all that we need for life and godliness. And we know, Father, that if we're to be a healthy body of believers, we need one another. The encouragement, the rebuking, the correcting, the prayer, and the many other one another's in our lives. May we be a body that is sensitive to you, sensitive to others, and not thinking it needs to always be in a formal setting, but just moment by moment as we observe and relate to others. Build us up as we apply to one another's. And we thank you that your power is at work in us beyond what we can ask or imagine as we live this week as we live in the months to come, for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.